1: Glenn
0: Speck, The Blaze Radio Network. First of all, we welcome uh, Jason Batrill, who is our um, uh, security expert here in Dallas and our national security uh, advisor and expert uh, for the company in New York City, is Buck Sexton. Uh, Welcome, Buck. How are you, sir? I'm good, Glenn. Thank you. Um, And Jason uh, is here. Jason was a uh, military intel guy, um, uh, Army.
1: Oh, how dare you! No better than that. That's man fighting words. It was was Navy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, even worse. (laughs) It was Air Force. Air Force. It was Air (laughs) Force. Okay. So anyway,
0: um, he did Intel. Uh, Buck is a former uh, CIA agent um, who used to brief the president. and, And Buck, I saw you last night on CNN, and I have to tell you, I didn't know my blood pressure could go up that high. As you were talking about uh, what was happening in Nice, listen, America, to what, was, what the exchange was about.
2: And I do disagree with Mr. Sexton because the fact is, and I'll say this to you, Buck, directly, the vast majority of ISIS's victims are Muslim, not us, I'm not the West. Aware, I'm fully aware of that. I mean, no, well, no, then no you one disputes saying They're coming after us. They're like, not coming after us more than they're no, coming I was, after I was referring other. to the Islamic State, which very clearly through its external operations arm, which has been at work, by the way, for a number of years now, along with Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which until recently was considered the most virulent and deadly of the jihadist terrorist organizations for this kind of external plotting. They're continuing to do this. Of, of course, they're killing Muslims. They're killing Muslims in Turkey, in Saudi Arabia, in Iraq. Uh, and I've actually, Africa. I've actually seen some of the handiwork of what they've done in places like. Iraq and Afghanistan. But the people who are doing it—so it, so this is uh, to 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 pretend. Hang on, buck, buck, buck. But the people who are doing it—they can consider themselves Muslim as well, even though the the victims are Muslim. I, I'm not Correct. getting into a theological discussion. I'm trying to just focus on the counterterrorism no, but aspect. she's saying she's saying that the the people who are it's being perpetrated against are Muslim, but the the attackers can be Muslim as well. Right, but but I have I to say I don't understand why that's being directed at me. By by no means that I say that wasn't the case or it wasn't true. So I don't understand why that's being directed at me. I'm merely saying. You said they're coming after us.
1: They're, they're not just yes, coming they after are, us. Yes, they
2: are, in fact, coming after us. we so need to sit here but and talk to about all the the terrorists. But They're mostly going after each other. They're when going I say after us, Shia. I'm referring to going America Turkey, and Europe and the West Dhaka, and all peaceful Muslims and everywhere Bangladesh. around the world who doesn't believe it's strapping a suicide vest on because you're disaffected, because you have some belief that somehow this will take you to a place of paradise and virgins, whatever the case may be. Everybody who isn't on that team is on my team. This notion you have in your head that when I say us, I'm referring to what? Re- re- Republican Americans? I was in the no, counter-terrorism of the CIA, Americans. I was working with foreign allies all that's over nervous. the world to try and stop these kinds of attacks, so w- w- you're making an implication that's preposterous. And I have to be honest with you, after this sort of an attack happens, there is this knee-jerk reaction that we see from people who are center to, se- to left of center. Constantly trying to sort of wrap all this around the bad rhetoric of people who want to speak openly and honestly about terrorism. Yeah. We're just trying to empower the moderates from okay. within Muslim societies. We're trying to empower our allies in countries that we do work with in the Muslim world and outside the Muslim world to stop people from getting mowed down at a celebration of a national holiday.
1: That's which, which include way. other Muslims. Yeah, I've okay. said that by four the way, or five times
0: already. By the way, stop it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> this is a professor from Georgia State University. Again, a professor. From a university,
1: why wouldn't Buck Sexton say it five or six times? I know he doesn't believe it. If
0: it It doesn't, if this doesn't stop, we—and I mean all those who don't think that we should strap a suicide vest to our chest—we're all dead. We're all dead. Do we understand that yet? This is coming to America soon,
2: Buck. Glenn, I I have to tell you, you know, the context for that one exchange is also uh, relevant. We had just finished one segment where I had I had listened to people who are terror experts, you know, whatever whatever that may mean. I'll leave it to others as to how expert people are based on what they say. Where the entire focus, Glenn, we have we have now over eighty people mowed down and killed. Uh, How how much questioning do we have to do about whether this was a jihadist attack, I mean, they're, they're going to sort of pretend that they can't tell the motive, even if they find a signed confession or a martyr video somewhere, we're still going to be told that we don't know what the motive is. But all I heard about from these, these so-called terror experts was, well, France does a bad job of assimilating Muslim minorities. Oh, shut and- up. You know, th- that's, that's where – and also Republican rhetoric inflames the Muslim world and creates – I mean, if, if because Donald Trump tweets something, you're going to strap on a suicide vest or drive a truck into a crowd of people, men, women, and children, and, and mow them down by dozens at a time, well, uh, you you're say already that. a
0: problem. If you could say that, then um, we should all be strapping suicide vests to our chest over the things that Barack Obama has said about Republicans, conservatives, Christians, Tea Partiers, and we're not doing that. Um, Jason, um, you have watched this for a long time, and Buck, I want you to r- r- ring in on this. This is they've they've said that they've they've been saying do this very thing. Except this most likely wasn't
1: a lone wolf because of what was in the van. I don't. The profile doesn't fit. I. It's it's very confusing at the moment. So what we know about the attacker was um, what they're saying initially is that he's a lone wolf, which I personally hate the term. I uh, I think it's a a way to uh, to lessen the fact that um, these uh, terror and jihadist groups are are active. And um, it's a a political term, and I hate it. He was radicalized. Um, This guy was most probably, my gut says, not alone. My gut says this was probably a rushed attack. Um, He was uh, in the midst of a divorce, had several kids. He was, quote-unquote, a a petty criminal. Um, But he was able to acquire a large truck that was filled with grenades, explosives, and weapons. Now well, that's pretty hard to do in France. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> I mean, you could do that at a Walmart. Don't don't get me wrong. A yeah. six-year-old kid could go into a Walmart. Yeah. They can't buy a book, but they can get grenades <laughs> right. and rifles and everything else.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I call shenanigans in this whole thing because the laws are there that you know. To, there's great gun control laws there, so I, I, I this. Is, yeah. There's no. This is impossible. It couldn't right. have happened. This is. Yeah. But um, so I, my what we do know is that the head um. ISIS field commander was just recently killed in Iraq. He was uh, his name is Omar Shishani. Um, he was more kind of like their General Patton. He was uh, he, he was a loved figure. He was like a uh, uh, he was like a storybook hero almost for these guys. Um, we just took him out. Uh, my my gut here just based off the fact that um, the profile doesn't fit what or what's what's coming out about a lone attacker doing this with this amount of hardware. Is that he was probably a part of a larger group, um, and this was meant for a larger attack. What do you think, Buck? Uh,
2: I mean, very hard to tell. I agree that the the amount of uh, the sort of munitions that he that he had it that seems to point to a logistics network, uh, and and so it looks like there's probably support. And, and oftentimes, uh, an individual who was radicalized. And by the way, just one note: I'm I'm already seeing Glenn. This well, you know he his marriage was disintegrating lots of people's marriages disintegrate. <laughs> very few people decide that they're going to engage in a mass casualty terrorist attack. The precondition for this kind of action is a belief in jihadism. All these other externalities get thrown in as a means of essentially pushing us you know throwing us off the scent um, and so I think we'll find out. Much more about whatever logistics networks and, and such and such that he that he may have had um, as to the attack itself. A lot of people have pointed to Inspire Magazine back in 2010, talking about mm. pickup trucks and very specifically yep. mowing people down. You know, in the name of Allah. There have been uh, I, I, I've seen the screen grab. Some of my friends do sort of the the cyber analysis of what's going on with the online caliphate, and even as recently as a month or two ago, there was all there there have been a number of things shared about using trucks or large vehicles in this way, and even Abu Muhammad al-Adnani, who is the sort of head spokesman for the Islamic State, uh, has mentioned specifically using a, a vehicle or truck to, to run people over. So this has been out there for quite a while, it's honestly something that counterterrorism services have been worried about. But again, this then puts us in the category of, you know they, they're, by the way, I, my understanding is none of the guns actually, that, he may have used the guns, but none of them actually were, were able to uh, cause any fatalities. It was all the truck. Uh, What do you do about this? The only way you can you can handle this from a counterterrorism perspective is to stop the stop the attacker before he can attack to disrupt a plot. uh, Or or you look at (laughs) what they can't ban all vehicles. So this just goes to show the ideology is the enemy here and not not banning or rather the tools that are used can't be banned as a means of preventing this kind of thing.
1: As a security expert um, that's looked at securing venues like this before, um, I find it very, very worrisome that the jihadists and uh, the rest of these terrorists are adapting a lot quicker than we are. Um, I remember looking at the last, um, the last couple airport attacks. It's very obvious that they're, they're adapting what the targets they hit. They don't tar- a lot of them don't target uh, in-flight aircraft anymore. They don't try to hijack them. For, one, because they don't have the tradecraft. It's hard to pull off that to get attackers with weapons actually up in the air on an aircraft. Um, now they're doing the ticket areas. Exactly. So they're like, well, well, okay, so we'll just hit them on the ground. There's 200 people that we're going to kill. We're just going to adapt. We're just going to change our, you know, our tactics and hit them in another spot. What a better way as, as if while the entire world is just so scared that we're going to launch one of these attacks in the air, while, the, while that creates a bottleneck at TSA and other security services, we'll just hit them there. So I am here's, – here's my
0: biggest concern. This is coming to America soon. Uh, I mean it's already here. We just keep denying it. I mean hello Orlando. Um, uh, but it's, it's coming here and it's going to start overwhelming people. And how long before we have a couple of things going on? Mm-hmm. Before we just start taking away all kinds of rights? Newt Gingrich is like, we gotta talk to all Muslims, you're forced Sharia law, you're out. Well, okay. Like you're gonna answer yes to that question when they come. Um it, ridiculous. We're now talking about Japanese internment camps, basically. Um uh beyond that, we will have martial law or we will have uh, severe pinching back of all of our rights in the name of safety and Americans will give that power away on top of it the Americans that don't want to give that power away will start will start having the Bubba effect we all know the Bubba effect is absolutely real and something that you're already seeing you're already seeing nobody's telling me the truth that's what the shooter's parents were saying. He didn't believe in the president. He didn't believe in the system anymore. He thought he was being lied to
1: on everything. Well, that's the Bubba effect. We haven't seen uh, the, the types of attacks that we prepared for uh, in the organization that I was with before. Um, we haven't even seen any of these jihadist groups attempt yet, which I cannot believe. And I'm not even going to mention the targets that they could hit. I'm just not going to do it on air, but it's coming. And you talk about the response that happens when that happens. The Bubba effect is exactly what's going to happen when that Bubba? happens. Bubba? Uh, I mean, uh, Buck,
0: tell me, about, tell me about your thoughts on that quickly.
2: Sure. I, just, I think it's essential that we all understand that how we discuss jihadism and terrorism really matters. Uh, because if we don't have the political will to take useful action, and if we don't have the political will to stand up, in a united fashion, protecting our rights, understanding that we can't give up what makes our society free in order to take on this enemy. If we don't do those things, the war is the already lost. We're essentially uh, ceding the battlefield before we've even uh, fully taken it on. And, and I just think that right now you're seeing this almost, it is really pathological from the left, to try and find anybody but the obvious perpetrator. Glenn, there are a lot of people in this country, some with very big platforms, some with large followings, who would rather believe that Republicans are somehow responsible for driving Muslims to jihadist radicalization than that there is a problem within the Muslim world about radicalization and we need to tackle it as a united front all over the world. That's a scary thing.
0: And I I personally uh, want to... uh, uh, Thank people like Rover Norquist for helping that out. (laughs) Buck, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you, Glenn. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper Mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress At an unbelievably fair price, it combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want, that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com glen and use the promo code Glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to Casper.com slash Glenn, Casper.com slash Glenn.